Hello, and welcome back to episode 8 of The Strings of Pearl Fire, where we basically just read all my, you know, drive stories. Um, it's all great. Um, we're going to read a couple sci-fi ones. Um, we're going to read um, a sci-fi story that I wrote for Wapped but didn't get to finish. Um, it was based off of, like, a Star Wars thing, but didn't really, like, get quite there. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Um, let's see. I have multiple accounts. This might take a while. Oh, it's so annoying. When you have five Google accounts, it just, you just get places and it's like, oh, fantastic. So, today was interesting. Um, we had to practice things for school that made me fun. It made it fun. And... It was quite interesting today. We had to be outside. It was really hot. We had to be outside for over two hours. And, you know, that's not great when you're sitting on hot chairs. And it's all disgusting. It's all sweaty outside. So everything is just, you know, wonderful. It's not wonderful, but, you know, everything is just fantastic. But it's not. It's so 100% annoying. But, you know, you have to do what comes mandatory. And if you don't. Yeah, hey, happens. So it's annoying. Anyway, so let us see what to do. Password. I have to go back into my other accounts and find what I was talking about. Ah, uh, here it is. Writing ideas. Let's go. So, are you here? Please tell me you're here. Well, let us see. We're gonna. So I can might as well just read. Um, the story that I was going to read first, and, is that it? Oh, yes. So, I'm going to read the first story first. So, the boy's name is Isa for Faustum, spelled I-S-A-A-F-O-R-R-F-A-L-S-T-O-M. Deep into the intergalactic empire of Tali. There was a disturbance in the force, a slight tremor that shook the void. Not one soul felt the tremor, except one. A child, only seven years old, awoke from a dreamless sleep to little flickers of light dancing around his bedroom, casting shadows of butterflies up his bedroom walls. The boy got up from his bed and noticed that the shadows had disappeared out his door and down the hallway. He silently crept down the stairs and into the kitchen of his dark flat, in which was only lit by the passing lights of space traffic outside. The shadows still fluttered away under the door to his backyard. The boy pulled on his winter jacket, gloves, and boots, and quietly opened the door, only to look back just to see the time. It was eight minutes past the o'clock. The boy knew his parents would be asleep. Their droid had given them a sedative to help them fall asleep. It was hard for them. His father, Lord Giabin Felsum, had daily stresses with the Jedi Council, and his mother, Lady Guava, had responsibilities with her inner communications of Tali's foreign galactic neighbor, the planet of Coruscant. They were of the higher rank and knowledge, and were constantly needed. The boy shut the door and followed the shadow down the large hill into a meadow with the distant sounds of Tali's late-night traffic far overhead. 
He spotted trails of light and watched as they left a trail of glass roses into the forest. The boy sprinted as fast as he could into the forest, only to find an entrance to a cave. Deep inside the cave was a faint light. The boy cautiously found his way to the back of the cave. The ceiling was high and gave off ripples of sound, and the boy's breathing filled the air. There was a single moon spotlight that shone down from the ceiling, and at the base of the spotlight was the cluster of shadows. They had all landed on a covered chest and was flapping their delicate wings. The boy gently opened the chest, and the sight inside amazed him. There were hundreds of crystals, all of various colors. And that is all I have. I was going to have it where the boy found the ancient chest of um, missing Jedi crystals for lightsabers, but it didn't get there because I'm I'm not a I love Star Wars with all my heart, but I'm not a fanatic, so I don't want to write anything that wouldn't be correctly accurate. Okay, so there was that one. This next one is called Poison that I wrote in eighth grade. It was an accident, I told myself, and I kept on telling myself that, as if saying it over and over would make it true. But no matter what I told myself, it wouldn't change the fact that they were there on the shelf, and she took them, filled her hand with them, emptied the container, and swallowed them. Down her throat they went, disintegrating as they flowed into her bloodstream and into her brain, the deadly poison that shut down her brain cells, but that would shut down her soul. I am the reason she died. I am the reason she died. I left them there. I had meant to throw them away, for I had no need for them. But still, she closed the door that would lead me to understand why she wasn't herself. All I had left of her lively spirit was a note. A note that made me scream when I read it. A note that told me that I was a terrible mother, that was never good enough to be the perfect mom she'd think I'd be. The note that said, you'd never understand. You would have never noticed, mom. I held that mask for a reason. This life isn't for me. I had to destroy the pain that tormented me day and night. Then, at school, who was there? Everywhere I looked, everywhere I turned, every word I spoke, they were there to call me names, shove me, trip me, do anything to cause me pain. The worst thing, Mom, is, is they said they didn't care. They didn't care about my life, that the world didn't deserve a torture of me being there, walking the halls in school, sitting on a bench in the park because who I am, because I wanted to. They cursed in my face every single time they shoved me on purpose, time and time again they'd, when they'd say they'd see me. I'd be stuck to the wall under their weight and they'd hit me. That bruise on my cheek that I told you that I'd bumped it, that was them. They punched me in a lonely hallway and said I was better off ugly and dead. They said, go kill yourself. You're a disgrace to this community. I'm sorry I brought you down. I love you, and I'm sorry. I sobbed with insane agony. Why would she do this to us? She was a happy teenager, a whole life planned out in front of her. But as recognition hit me, I realized it wasn't me who caused this tragedy, nor was it my only daughter. It was them. Rage tore through my blood. They were going to pay for what they did. I leapt up from my crumpled position on the floor and raced into my bedroom at the end of the hall, checking to make sure my husband Michael wasn't around. I shut the door and crouched to reach for something under the bed. 
My hand grabbed a cool, rough iron handle and pulled. The bed lifted up and a trap door opened from the hardwood floor. I reached for my leather jacket and then crept down the damp, dark stairway, pulling the trap door closed above me. Enveloped in darkness, I waited until I heard the steady thud of the bed replacing itself over the trap door. My echoing footsteps vibrated through the silent darkness as I stepped down to the stone stairs. My echoing footsteps vibrated through the si- No, I already read that. My night vision granted me the sight of a long, endless tunnel of passages. I strided down the tunnel, my sneakers tapping sounds against the cobblewood stone walkway. I turned suddenly at a corner and exposed the passage with a ball of light created in my palm. The passage was a room that had weapons covering every wall, copper trunks stacked in shelves on top of each other. A curtain of ragged red cloth hung down from a black metal bar, separating Electromega Trace suits built for combat and destruction. I slipped out of my human clothes and into a sleek black jumpsuit that covered my feet and hands, zipping up to my chin. A little floating robot twisted my hair into a skin-tight braid that nestled itself against my skull. I then attached silver armor with glowing electro-neon blue engravings to my jumpsuit, and I clipped and buckled them securely. Next, I grabbed a black helmet with electric blue lightning strikes engraved into it and tucked it under my arm. Then, I shoved back the curtain and grabbed a jet black machine gun, six golden throwing knives, and a sword of steel and silver from the wall of weapons. I shelved my sword, strapped my knives into hiding places, and loaded my machine gun with electromagnetic tasers, missiles, and poisonous bullets. I magnetized it to my back and slipped on my helmet. It clicked into place and blue information scrolled in front of my eyes. I stated my reason and it found a location. I activated my jet rocket boots and I blasted through an opening in the ceiling into the starry sky. I commanded invisibility for myself to not be seen by any living being and I saw my reflection vanish from my vintage rear view mirror. I shot through the dark sky and towards my vengeance. My coordinates explained that my destination was found, so I lowered myself into an open window and took in my surroundings. I saw that I landed in an abandoned nuclear factory, and the source of my resource was growing from there. Slinging down the whitewashed hallway, I found where the main headquarters were. In the office window, I gasped in surprise and anguish. My daughter was strapped to a chair, her legs and arms bound so tightly with rope that I saw blood dripping down her legs and creating a large puddle at her feet. I was soon filled with confusion and fury. How dare they? I barged in and my invisibility faded, leaving me exposed to four terrifying creatures. Their eyes were sunken in, blood red were the whites. Their skin a sickening greenish black and oozing with poison. Their mouths, disgusting, with yellow and black teeth covered in dried blood. The clothes were in rags, the hands were deadly claws, the feet were stumps that exposed the bone and muscle black as night. One of them spoke, its voice dripping with sarcasm. Hello, Mrs. Cutler. It is such a fancy to see you again. The four of them pulled metal rods from their ragged cloaks and they zapped with electricity and dripped with deadly poison. I readied my machine gun and replied in a steady tone, Not not at all for me. What have you done with my daughter? Ah, yes, Abigail. 
We have been ordered to constrict the energy that she had inherited from you and create an army to destroy those with powers like your kind. But she killed herself, I gasped in confusion. That was not your daughter, you see, stated another who widened his sickening smile. That was one of our own, who had taken shape of Abigail an hour before it died. When its mind connected with Abigail's, it was transported there, and she transported it here, flip-flopping with locations. I was so furious, for its face was smiling, and I hurled myself at them, shooting ammo everywhere. The four roared and spun their electrical rods, chipping and cracking my armor and helmet. One broke off my visor and head protector, and it fell to the ground. I'd managed to shoot down two, but suddenly my gun split in half and clanged on the metal floor, steaming. I unshelved my sword with a sharp wish, and I swung and blocked the metal rods. When I cut those two rods in half, the creatures strung out their razor-sharp claws and lunged for my exposed throat. I sliced across their stomachs, and they fell defeated. I dropped my sword and sprinted towards Abigail, taking out one of my knives and breaking the robes that bound her. She leapt from the chair and into my arms. Mom, she cries, and I held her as she unlocked her unshed of tears over my shoulder. I stood and pulled her up. She looked at me and smiled. Ready to go home, I asked, before a searing pain cut through my back. I staggered back and fell to my knees. One of the creatures yanked my sword from my back and cackled. Then it grabbed Abigail and they both disappeared. I fell onto my side, and as the darkness of death overcame me, I realized what had happened. The creature that had killed me, the creature had killed me with poison. And that was that. That was, you know, me, depressed me in eighth grade world, which is pretty good, actually. So, that was the end of episode eight of The Strings of Profile. I sincerely hope you enjoyed it, and... I will see you all on next episode. Good day.